one starts to appreciate different kinds of silence. You know? So there is a silence or stillness, or there is a silence where uh, the invisible is uh, suppressed. Also, a kind of silence. Let's say the silence at a uh, at the dinner table of a dysfunctional family, yeah? where there is uh, suppression. You don't say anything, but it's actually time to say something, or something wants to move out, and and you keep silent. Yeah. An awkward silence, or uh, where there's an elephant in the room and nobody says something. It's a very. Uh, so it's horrible for children, that kind of silence. And sometimes when people drop into silence in retreat, then that kind of, feel, uh, that kind of uh, feelings come up. The, the silence, you know, in a retreat, uh, some people in silence, they open to a space of connectedness with everyone. And some other people in, in the same kind of silence they are uh, they uh, they are the experience of separateness and isolation uh, is enhanced. Yeah? So different kinds of silence. Then there is that a different a different uh, open silence stillness, like just now. I think uh, it's the second or third verse in the 37 practices where Tongme Sampo as an instruction for, for Bodhisattvas says, rely on silence, rely on stillness. And so we can, uh, we can uh, familiarize our being with attention, uh, the beam of attention to uh, to go towards that silence, that stillness, and slowly, slowly we uh, we start to recognize in our life that uh, that silence, that stillness, is available wherever we go. And and what might happen at one point is that. That stillness, that silence is always louder than the noise. That's beautiful. I had that uh, experience very strongly uh, you know, after my long retreat of two years in the mountains in Switzerland. Uh, uh, and I remember. Uh, I left that place in January in snow, so I walked down um, from the mountains into the valley. This beautiful Switzerland snow, blue sky, uh, you know, after two years. Not uninterrupted retreat, but, but more or less. And uh, yeah, this uh, beautiful peace. Stillness, silence, 
and uh, then taking the train to Zurich to the airport. Uh, but uh, there was no difference. It, it didn't. It didn't. Uh, there was no difference from being in the mountains or being in the airport. The silence stillness remained, and uh, the beauty and uh, the vitality. And, uh, and then I took a, a, a flight to Copenhagen. And uh, when I landed there and during the flight, the silence and the stillness and the peace was still there. Yeah, and, and yeah. Yeah, I have it also. Yeah, and mm. then the thing is so easy. But if you just went in silence. Yeah, can make more translates it as stillness or silence. Yeah, mm. it's a very good thing. Mm. That you don't need to yeah. shut the door. Yeah, yeah that's everything out. Yeah, that, that can be a, like a, a provisional time of. Um, strengthening the relationship to that silence, mm -hmm. uh, to go into solitude. And then, uh, so then I started to teach in Copenhagen. And, uh, you know, and so sometimes people ask me, isn't that difficult, like to be in the mountains and being in that simple environment, and now you're in the city? And it was difficult to communicate that it was no difference. It didn't matter if I was in Copenhagen or in a, in a little hut in in, uh, in the mountains, because the silence, the stillness, is um, is already always always there where, wherever you go, whatever you do. And then, uh, of course, then I had periods in my life the last ten years where. Um, where the noise became became louder than the silence, but it it always is available. It's it's always there. So for me, just for example, as a as a little practice, as a self inquiry practice, it would be. In any moment, uh, um, could be the question then: uh, Is stillness here? Is peace here? Yeah, is stillness here? Is peace here? And then, in my mind, kind of my, the beam of attention. Uh, then there might be some. What is that stillness? What is that peace? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I never knew what it is. The Buddha doesn't know what it is. It's undescribable. It's not an object of knowledge. Ah. It's not an object of knowledge. Ah. Yeah. Of course I can't describe it. Of course I can't put my finger on it. So, and then, then it reveals itself.
And then uh, there's also then periods in your life where you actually you don't need to do any movement towards it or ask a question or remind yourself because it's just the the stillness, the silence from where the looking comes from. So the the kind of distorted, confused default mode of experiencing yourself as a separate being somewhere in the body uh, with a lot of activities around and many of them attacking you uh, so the default mode where you then when you're in that default mode you believe that this is how it is uh, and you don't need to practice that you don't need to say oh everything is separate and i'm in my body and it's just the way you you experience the moment it's, it's kind of uh, it doesn't need any practice it doesn't it happens by itself that is replaced by uh, uh, um, that is replaced by uh, a quiet confidence, a different perception of the present moment without any practice. It becomes a new default mode. Malmö, I'm teaching the other book, one of the other books of Ken McQuoid, The Trackless Path, which is uh, the first time I'm sharing kind of the, the direct path. Um, and um, it's uh, Ken McQuoid's commentary um, of a text by Jean Milimpa. I just want to um, read from that text, from verse 2.3, where Jean Milimpa describes um, you. Yeah? He describes you, the, the piece of paper. Not the, not the script view. And he says, it is a realm beyond thought. It's a realm beyond thought. So as always with these metaphors and with these pointers, uh, don't try to understand it. It's a realm, realm beyond thought. So you, you gravitate towards uh, a thought-free space and that thought-free space it doesn't mean that you that, that the thinking stops yeah? uh, so the thought-free space it's a realm beyond thought it's actually not separate from the thoughts it's not exactly the same but you gravitate towards it Sogya Rinpoche calls it uh, the, the natural peace. You gravitate towards it. 
and uh, don't try to figure out what you, what you need to do to gravitate towards it. It's a realm beyond thought. Uh, it's uh, in, the, in the metaphor of the paper and the script. It's, it's the realm uh, beyond the words. Beyond, it's the realm beyond the karmic, traumatic condition. So it's a realm beyond that. But it's not like that we trying to look behind. The realm beyond thought is in, in the movement. The still, the stillness is to be found in the in the sound. Stillness, sound, they come together. They, they, they are. They are mutually dependent on each other. So you, you start to listen more to the stillness and the sound than to the sound. But the sound amplifies the stillness. Yeah. The, the sound is not covering up the stillness. It is a, it, the, the, the stillness is in the sound. There is no music without stillness. And then the next word I really like, and that's untroubled. It's untroubled. It's in peace. And it is already the case. We don't need to do something to get there. Actually, any trying to get there, any, any attempt to calm down, has the opposite effect. It stirs things more up because you bring into dissatisfaction with the present moment. There's some kind of pressure. Oh, I need to calm down. I need to calm, calm down my feelings. I need to calm down my thoughts. And then I can be in stillness. That's true if we kind of work on the pro progressive path, yeah. But it's uh, it's it's not a, it's it becomes an obstacle uh, in uh, in the practice or in the non-practice of the direct path. Untroubled, which is already the case. And then he says, nothing held, nothing dispelled. So nothing held. The untroubled doesn't grasp. It's free of grasping. Nothing dispelled, nothing is excluded. So we are not looking for something which is excluding experiences. We are not looking for an exclusion of, from, and, well, yeah, a separation from 
the present moment experience as it is. We gravitate towards that which already doesn't help, help, nothing is held and nothing is dispelled. A uh, uh, metaphor here could be the clouds and the sky. Yeah, so the cloud, uh, the sky doesn't try to hold on to any cloud and it doesn't dispel any cloud. And it is already the case. The, that there is a cloud is a proof it implies the sky. Cloud and sky arise together. They are mutually dependent on each other. The two truths are not two different things. They arise together. The ultimate and the relative is not two separate things. Awareness and the appearance and awareness, they are not two different things. They belong together. And the last, uh, he says, a space free from the complications of thought and object. Free of the complication of thought and object. A place of uh, non-duality. If you, if you feel a bit confused now and you don't understand what I'm saying, and we're in the same boat because I don't know what, what I'm talking about. So the difference here is it, uh, it's not a problem because I can't know what I'm talking about. It's not an object of knowledge. The Buddha doesn't know what I'm talking about. He says it's a, not an object of knowledge. It's undescribable, ungraspable. It can't be known in the way we know things, usually. It's a different kind of knowing. It's so different that sometimes it's called not knowing. And the good news is, you already don't know. Yes, so that's that's a complication that it's easy to uh, to confuse philosophy descriptions with the experience, but the philosophy and the description, the metaphors, uh, they uh, they they can be helpful. They, yeah, that's why they are. That's why the, the uh, trying to talk about this is an expression of compassion. And at the same time, while you talk about it, you know that you can't communicate it through words. That's why when the Buddha awakened, he, he kept silence for a few weeks. He, 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 he understood that he, can't, that he can't share this. And then he changed his mind because God because God came down and said, please, turn the wheel of Dharma, because God is a Buddhist. <laughs> so, so you, you, please, yeah, and then 
seems to work somehow. Nobody knows how, but it seems to work. The, the transmission of uh, mind itself, as Jing Lingpa uses the word mind itself for the paper or for Rigpa. That the, this, uh, uh, this, the, this insight has been transmitted in, in the wisdom lineages, not only in Tibetan Buddhism, in the wisdom lineages in, in, in an uninterrupted stream until today. And words, uh, poems, texts, they are a kind of sacred container of that transmission. But it's not communicated in the understanding of the words. It's like the silence, the stillness in this room comes sometimes is louder than the noise. Doesn't doesn't mean that <coughs> that you know what you struggle with in your life and the discomfort in your body that that disappears but the stillness comes more to the foreground you could say it outshines presence starts to outshine the content not in order to chase the content away but to embrace the content short moments and then you get again get caught again and a thought comes like I, I have no idea what he's talking about I'm not experiencing this it's like this is a thought just recognize it as a thought it, it has the thought has no substance it has no it has no no meaning We try it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we we try it. Yeah. I think it's turning us in this mm. Mm. Yes. I have the sound in my head all the time uh, with fingertip, and uh, mm. that is uh, there all the time. And uh, it's uh, like, uh, so I, ha I have to to be with it all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and it is like uh, with, with this acceptance, then it, it, it don't be a crap problem for yeah. me. Yeah. And then this silence also can be there yeah. at the si same time. That's right. So that is, so I, 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 I think mm -hmm. that it, it seems that it's helping me to to be with these two 
it's like at the same time. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's the same thing with the time as I do. Yeah. And I, I try, try to do it. Mm. It's also this when it comes to time to try to find ways mm. to be more more uh, mm. uh, easy easy living with, yeah. with the time right yeah but so that that which that, uh, can be, that, and that is like that can be a struggling for me I think yeah that I try to try mm. try yeah yes and uh, now I try, <laughs> <laughs> and more mm. more like uh, to see the time as like a little shine who are tired. Because sometimes when I'm sitting in the meditation mm. in the morning, I, in the morning I'm so tired. I just I'm happy that I can sit there, mm. <laughs> that I can be there. <laughs> mm. So so and, and then I take this little shine and 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 mm. put put her in a, in a bed. Yeah. You can sleep. Yeah, yeah. You can rest. Yeah. Right. Then mm. be a little bit more released for yeah. you. Yeah. So, but I don't know if if uh, I don't know if <laughs> if I handle this in the right way because to have this time as be more <laughs> it's more it's more of it now than it was for ten years ago. Mm. So it's but you want more. I want more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's natural. Yeah. Yes, it's natural. Mm. To it's natural to want more, but uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. not helpful. Yes, yeah. yes. So mm. so so that uh, mm. that I start to think that uh, I am in, in the wrong uh, uh, way, in one way, with this. Mm. Uh, also, most of the time, I think I I, ha I am with my time as like I am with the tinnitus. Yeah. That I just accept it and yeah. it is there. Yeah. And I, I can feel when I when I start to be sick of it, it is too much. Mm. Then it is more worse. Mm. So that I have recognized it Super. is like that. Yeah. And that is that is uh, this teaching in, in the teaching also it is like that. It so is that like it's that. good to yeah. recognize it, to see mm. how it works yeah. with it, with how yeah. I am with mm. it. Yeah. It's uh, how yes. I am it with it. Be like uh, how it be. How how it be in in in, in me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. Yes, and and for the others now who don't have tinnitus, what Eva is describing, that's the case for everything which is happening mm. for you. Yeah. So in the same way. Like you maybe had the experience of more freedom and openness uh, with the tinnitus, you start to learn something there, and you yeah, start yeah. to, and now you start to, you try to apply the same to the tiredness. Mm. Yeah. So, so it, like, and we start to extend the same, the same process the same mechanism, the same insights to other things which are happening in our lives. And it, it, seems, it, it seems that life somehow always pushes us a little. Mm. And we can, and this pushing uh, can, be, can be perceived as a blessing. 
because the pushing uh, uh, is for us the possibility to increase our capacity to, to hear the silence. Sometimes, like yesterday evening, it was a do dog barking outside. That's a good example. And yeah. uh, I, I, I heard it, but I didn't. Uh, it, it was not uh, disturbing me. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. A dog barking in the night is a good example of what I mean. That sound can. Has the capacity to amplify the silence, mm. to make the silence obvious. Mm. Do you know what I mean? No, not no. really. Yeah, I noticed. Yes, <laughs> you see that. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> I can't hide. No. <laughs> I, I, I always know when I communicate with you. Yeah. <laughs> or when you're just trying to be polite. <laughs> so, yeah. It doesn't matter. It's uh, yeah, maybe it's um, what you described with the uh, with the. Um, with your tinnitus, mm. that the tinnitus helped you. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I mean. The, the barking of the dog, as you said it yourself, can be a disturbance mm. or it can be actually an invitation mm. to experience yeah. spaciousness, mm. to experience silence. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was like that. Yeah. So when when a darking of the of the dog uh, disturbs us, that's a sign of a perceptual filter. It could be a traumatic experience, mm. yeah? like you were bitten by a dog and just thinking about dogs uh, uh, um, triggers an avoidance behavior. Uh, and when these perceptual filters fall away for a moment, then the same barking uh, becomes uh, Tara barking mm. and connecting you with the opposite of uh, uh, discomfort, mm. connects you with connectedness, with openness, with joy. It's like it's both sides are all there at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And uh, yeah, sometimes um, we are too ambitious, or uh, uh, instead of uh, instead of uh, really rejoicing in what you what you also said, like uh, when I look back five years ago, yeah, so you see that that spacious way of being is more present. But instead, we, we want more. Yeah. We, wa we want more. We want to rush mm -hmm. towards it. Uh, to, yeah. And uh, 
that becomes uh, and and that that trying uh, becomes that which sabotages or blocks. It's, it's difficult. It's, it's, it's tricky. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's see yeah. <laughs> what's yeah. happened. Yeah. Be aware of yeah. what yeah. has come. Yes. Yeah. And, and so the, yeah. the reminders uh, we get in the teachings they are really important. So that uh, we are reminded of something we already know, but we forget sometimes that we know it, mm. and then we hear, and then we hear again. For example. Uh, suffering comes from resistance. I, uh, I, it comes from resistance. Yeah, I know, and I've experienced it. And, and still, and still, I'm trying to fix, control, manipulate my com my experience now, and that is an expression of my resistance. And. Uh, there is also a lack of trust. Mm. Yeah, like even if we have experienced that ourselves again and again, there's a there's a lack of no. It can't be that simple. I need to fix, control, manipulate this. It can't be that simple. And sometimes it takes weeks maybe months of trying to fix, control, manipulate, being de dissatisfied, uh, trying to get rid of it, like really like trying everything until almost you don't have any other choice than letting go and surrendering. This is how I feel. This is what is happening in my life. Yeah? And then, wow, then, then something else can, then something opens up. And in that opening up, Sometimes healing happens. Yeah. Relief, release, relief for sure. Yeah. yeah. And in that release and relief, healing can happen. But it doesn't matter anymore so much. Because you're free in that moment. You're free with the pain in your knee. I recognize now more easy when it goes wrong. Yeah. That it be worse. Yeah. Be more yeah. Easily it worse. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Before it takes perhaps. Yeah, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it worse. Exactly. Now it's coming more. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is yeah. that yeah. it's yeah. like that. That's yeah, exactly. The more you're working yeah. with and you're at my force, which is the wrong word. Yeah, yeah. Handling and and yeah. more aware and open and like this. Then you think things coming more like this. Is it like that? Yeah. Yeah. You know yourself. Yeah. It yes. is like that. It is like that. It is like that. Is it like that? It is like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yes. Uh, that's uh, you know it's so wonderful when I get uh, um, from 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 people who have listening to my teachings 
or to other teachings, and then I get, uh, then I get it back. Yeah. I get it back from them as, as a reminder. That's really great. Sometimes they have forgotten that they got it from me. <laughs> That's a bit disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, uh, sometimes when I have this impulse to say, yeah, yeah, I, I told you that five years ago. I know you didn't <laughs> understand it, uh, but actually that is was exactly what I what I tried to share with you. Uh, and then it it is installed and it comes back, but it's forgotten from where it came. But it's something who who coming just piece by piece, like in, yes. in, in details. And yes, so right. Yeah. It takes time it to, takes to time. be integrated. Yeah, mm. yeah that's, that's why we, we have to just be uh, persistent. You continue, like you did. Mm. Yeah. Is there any other question? Take care. Yes. Um, so we had these three. Three methods from Ken McCloyd, the dissolving, and then we also talked about the transforming right, to the question, what is aware? Uh, and actually, the, like these three, uh, they, they are described here as three kind of different methods, but when you start to explore them, there's a lot of overlap, or maybe it's talking about pretty much one uh, one practice. And the second uh, is to employ, yeah? to employ, to employ anger. In in this case, uh, example uh, uh, anger. So to employ is a bit more gentle word for to use. Because use has this, uh, yeah, I, I, you know what I mean. It's like using, using anger. Yeah? It's like uh, it's, it's too much into uh, within. It, it, it rings like, uh, mm, yeah, it doesn't. It just doesn't feel right yeah? to employ. And we talked about that. Uh, when I talk with Tara about the um, when she described her experience, how the when she went through the layers of her experience, uh, how she saw the gold in it or the wisdom in it. Uh, the, it's you know the the painful in us, the unresolved, the wounded in us. Where uh, where the lotus grows, you know that's the symbol of the lotus. 
uh, in the, you, know, you, you have like the deities, some of the, most of the deities, they sit in a lotus. And, and so that means, and the lotus grows from the mud. Yeah? And the mud, that's, that's the, the karmic, traumatic stuff. And the lotus grows from it. It becomes fertilizer for quality. And we start to uh, not only overlay the experiences, the painful, the difficult experience in our life, to overlay them cognitively, not just giving them a different word. Uh, so that's a beginning. But we actually start to perceive it directly. Yeah? Like, so we, we don't, yeah, we, we start to see the painful, the wounded in us directly as the place where our love is. So he, um, uh, talk, uh, Ken McCloyd, um, uh, connects the, this practice of employing with the practice of Tonglen, giving and taking. And yeah, so there's not time to go into that practice. I have taught it a lot before. There's a playlist on my SoundCloud uh, profile uh, called Pro uh, Transforming Problems, I think. And there, there's uh, quite a few guided meditations and teachings around the practice of Tonglen. Um, and and Tonglen in itself actually contains also the practice of dissolving and transforming. Yeah. So, uh, but one of the uh, um, ingredients of the practice of Tonglen is this moment of insight that you are not alone with this, with whatever you. That's why when someone here shares his or her experience, it opens the connection in the group. There's a, there's a, a connectedness because we recognize in their struggles, in their pain, our pain, and we feel connected. So that's, you know, I said, uh, so uh, the one of the ingredients of working with trauma is to move from from disconnection to connection and and sharing pain and looking at pain together creates connection creates love creates friendship yeah. so it's a, it's like a movement from me and my pain and what do i do with it and i want i don't want to feel this just, I'm not alone with this. It's, it's really, this is, this is a moment where something opens up. One of the most powerful tools I experienced myself uh, in terms of um, working with 
the wounded in us, the unresolved in us, is groups where this is brought into the visible because it's being talked about. And this is not kind of something we emphasize here because it's not like a psychotherapeutical weekend or something. But fortunately, it happens a little, like with you two, so that we get a bit of a taste of it, that it is actually something we experience a little. And then if you, if you feel you need more of that, then you need to look for groups like that, where that is the subjective. And uh, I have sometimes the sense what I saw in terms of healing and uh, moving forward. I, I think uh, I saw more happening in, in, in these kind of groups, uh, which are more psychotherapeutical, self-developmental oriented than just doing meditation retreats or just practicing together to, 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 to seek a, a combination of both. Yeah? And sometimes, like here, it happens there's a bit of an overlap. That's, of course, very precious. But my, most often we need to kind of uh, uh, do the meditation practice and the meditation retreats and the silence and then do some uh, some other inner work, emotional, wounding, trauma work in, in other circles. And what we then experience there in the other circles is the, the lack of silence, the lack of stillness, the lack of integration. Yeah? So I'm not saying that silent meditation retreats are useless. No, they are very precious. And... Uh, uh, but um, but there's uh, uh, there's healing possibilities and tools which are not available in a silent meditation retreat. And then, if you go into more like movement oriented, bodywork oriented environments, that was is at least my experience. I really feel. Oh, can't we just five minutes without a, a fucking relationship exercise? <laughs> just I give me a breather, you know, like ten minutes of just sitting in the present moment and saying all is fine. You know, then comes the, the next dance, the next movement, the next exercise. Yeah. So in trying out so many things, I, I haven't found any environment where I found where I felt there was a healthy balance yeah so I'm doing this and then I'm doing that and, and I, for me this works really well so Tonglen yeah Tonglen also has this moving towards with the in-breath yeah like the dissolving uh, what I what I described in the dissolving taking the pain into your arms like a child. Uh, it also contains uh, Tonglen is as all practices a body work. So you drop into your body. It's not a, a mental thing. 
So, and uh, so in 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 the practice of Tonglen, the 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 unresolved in you becomes a stepping stone towards empathy, towards uh, connectedness, towards compassion, towards. Uh, so it is a dissolution of the of the experience of separation. Practice of Tonglen. And uh, what is also um, part of the practice of Tonglen and uh, very uh, very important. And I, I here I want to make a connection to a little tool which comes from uh, a neuropsychologist Rick Hansen. I don't know if you have heard the name. He wrote a book like Buddha's Brain and things like that. And he has this little tool. It's called Heal. Uh, heal. Like healing. But each letter has a, I don't know what the English word for it is, acronym or something like that. Yeah, acronym? Yeah, okay. Like RAIN, no? the RAIN model of, of Tara Brach, so HEAL. And uh, the H is uh, um, standing for having a positive experience. So part of um, the, this healing process, you know, we emphasized a lot about uh, uh, the kind of the part of looking and embracing and approaching the, the unhealed, the unresolved. And that's important. But equally important and sometimes more important, particularly in the beginning, is to bring your beam of attention into the positive. And there's different ways to do it. There is like this kind of positive thinking, new age, going towards the light, trying to avoid the pain. And that's not what we want to do. But there is that, that way of balancing, balancing out, uh, and, and balancing out and having a positive experience because you want to increase your capacity to turn to that which is unresolved. It's a, it's a big difference. Can you see that? Yeah? To, to, to kind of uh, insist on the positive. Yeah, it's all not so bad and there's the light and everything is love and, and, you, and you feel in yourself. It's, it's why when you see it in other people, or I know people who say, oh, my parents, they did their best and they were so wonderful and they loved me. And you can see in their face and the body that's completely bullshit. It's positive trying desperately to feel good, but uh, which is fine, but it's an attempt to, to 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 deny and suppress that what that what is still unresolved. So having having a positive experience and. Uh, so in the practice of Tonglen, it is in the giving. So, so you, you take in what is unpleasant, you embrace it, and then with the outbreath you connect the positive. And in order to share the positive, you of course you need to connect with it. You need to feel it. You need to absorb it. 
Um, so what, what would be uh, examples of practices uh, have a positive experience within in the traditional sense is refuge, you know, the safety, rejoicing, the practice of rejoicing. I mean, it's so annoying how much Lama Sopa uh, emphasizes the practice of rejoicing. How precious, how fortunate, uh, and so on. And it's it's like uh, uh, you can when you're around Tibetans, they somehow they always say they could see the good. Oh, it's so beautiful! Wow, it's so precious! This is more worse than a, than a mountains of jewels. Yeah, there's this Buddha statue, like lighting one candle uh, to the Buddhas. It's like, wow. And, and rejoicing is also, it's about rejoicing in uh, constructive actions of others. Like it is, it, Lama Sopa often says, it's uh, the way for, it's a way, it's the way of, uh, for, it's the path for the lazy, because you can just sit at home and rejoice. Yeah? You just think about all the wonderful things. So, uh, and it's possible in any moment, and it's a bit difficult because we have the negativity bias. Yeah? But if you now would rejoice about this moment, yeah? so this weekend just, yeah? I mean, you know, Helen, Johanna, Leif, I stayed at his home and, you know, and he takes care of the accounts. He, he, he gives me the money since, since ever. <laughs> if I would have been coming 25 years ago uh, to this place, Leif would be there. Yeah. Uh, so the website, uh, yeah, the history of this center, like each every single item in this room was brought by someone, and they didn't make money with it. The cushion you're sitting on, who paid for that? It was bought. It was put here. Yeah. And. Uh, and the, the people who painted this room and you know now it was cleaned and so on before. Uh, and uh, nobody of those people who you know this mandala of this center with his history and all the teachers who came here, like you no know, Tenzin Wangyal or what's her name? The 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 woman who died. Wangyal. Wangyal. Yeah. So all these people who came here, uh, Lama Pema, yeah? um, so all these people who contributed to this moment, uh, they didn't get any money from it, but they, they got incredible merit. Yeah? And merit is... Uh, is um, is that is that potential, that positive potential, which uh, we really need to uh, to 
uh, to dissolve the perceptual filters of trauma and karma. It's a, like a positive force. So we can sit here and rejoice in, in that. So that's what is have a positive experience. Yeah. The age and the heal. And in the practice of Tonglen, you do that and then you give it away. And more you give it away, bigger it becomes. Yeah, because it's, it's in, inexhaustible. It's not like if you give the, away the merit, that it becomes less, it becomes more. Through the act of rejoicing, through the generosity, through giving. So you enhance the positive. So now, uh, you know, uh, Rick Hansen is a neuropsychologist. So you can read like a thick book like this about what happens in your brain when you do this, if you need to do that. Yeah, I mean, if you don't need to do that, then you don't need to read that book. But it has to do with a polyvagal theory. It has to do with the fight flight, with the, with the, uh, with how your brain is. Uh, uh, developed in evolution, it has to do with attachment uh, theory, so it's all there in the book. Uh, so this is not hoo-hoo, voodoo, magic things. It's measurable. The practice of rejoicing is measurable directly in your nervous system. Uh, have a positive experience, uh, bodhicitta, yeah? the practice of bodhicitta, uh, prostrating, uh, making offerings, yeah? uh, um, tantric practice, connecting with Tara. So many, so many uh, 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 possibilities, so many invitations in the Tibetan tradition to increase your vagal tone to reduce and dis, uh, uh, down-regulate the fight-fight response. But we need to do it. Yeah. If we don't do it, then the negativity bias, the karmic, uh, karmic traumatic condition level uh, shapes our emotional state, shapes our responses, and shapes our perceptions. So if we don't do anything, this will solidify. Yeah. If we let things of things run, this will will solidify. The the other doesn't come from nothing. It comes from practice. So then uh, the other, so the second, the E in the heel is enhance. So if you, if you know how to, if you want to know uh, uh, how to enhance, you can uh, you know, try to uh, uh, attend a teaching with Lama Sopa then you know how to enhance. Yeah? But it's an acquired taste. Yeah? It's really an acquired taste. 
So the, no, maybe you are, uh, maybe you know the seven limb practice, which is like it's, it's connected with the preparation practices. And one of them is rejoicing. So with Lamatsopa you so you go to the practice, the prayers, and then you come to rejoicing. Three hours, no problem. <laughs> really. And you're sitting there, it's enough, yeah. And then there's this and that and mountains and because uh, our, your mind is uh, your mind is limitless. So the amount of jewels and and places where you can make offerings and is limitless. You enhance it, but also what. Uh, and this is the, the third one, absorbing the A. You have to bring it into the body. So that's why some, some people, they say all oh, these prayers, mountains of jewels and this and that, and offering at Bodhanath and this monastery and water balls and music and everything. And it's just like, it stays words. So absorb it means to feel it, to bring it into the body. And then, of course, through the materialistic, reductional, scientific terror, 300 years of that, something in you says, this is completely bullshit, this is just fantasy. doesn't mean anything. It's, it's superstition. Yeah? So be aware of that. It's interesting to look at that. Yeah? Not being violent with that and not putting it down, just be aware. And then finding creative ways for how does this work for you? What does make sense for you? Maybe it makes more sense for you to have just one Buddha and light, uh, light it in incense. No, Zen, Zen style. And maybe that would be more your way to connect with that practice of making an offering and absorbing it. So enhance it, millions of this, millions of that, yeah, if possible, if it's not too, too far out for you, and then absorb it. So absorb means to let it sink into the body. Yeah. Uh, you know, how, how, what could you imagine what you, you could do to uh, to connect with uh, the idea in making offerings, the idea in devotion. Do you want to dance? Do you want to make paintings? Do you want to bow? Do you want to uh, write a write a poem and sing it into the world? Or yeah, and then you absorb that. Like maybe you are someone who who can't access that kind of experience through uh, through mental activity. So then make go out and help someone. And um, enhance it. Yeah, like you give someone something. It's good to have some spare money in your pocket. Yeah, so if someone 
in the train station ask you about money, you just try to give. You can make a limit, like I, I give like 200 kroner a month, like that. And of course, I know you think, ah, but you will just drink or something. It doesn't matter. You just give. Yeah. 200 kroner a month or 100. Make a limit. Have some coins in your in your pocket. And then you do it. So if this kind of stuff doesn't mean anything for you, and and you you, uh, you for you it's more it makes more sense to uh, practice generosity directly. So and then you enhance it. For example, you you feel in that moment. Uh, you you imagine to give that person two hundred dollars, yeah, or you imagine how that act of kindness you give to that person ripples into the world. Yeah? Because this person, for a moment, has feels some safety. Because he can go and buy himself a drink. And on the way to the, how is it called here, Bolik Lag or something like that, where you buy beer, Bolik System, System Bolik or something like that. So he goes there, and on his way, your uh, act of generosity ripples to Göteborg because he's a little less aggressive. Yeah. He might even share his beer with his friend. Probably. Often they do. So that is enhancing. But more important than the enhance is to absorb it. So in that moment to pause and acquaint your nervous system with that experience. And then in the practice of Tonglen, you give it away. You know, may this benefit, may every homeless person he have, uh, sub, uh, have that kind of experience of other people taking care, other people noticing. By the way, uh, giving someone that money is a symbolic act, it's an act of connection, it's an act of seeing. You see that other person, you respond to that other person, oh, you are a human being, just like me. That's probably much more worth than, than the money. Because what these people suffer from is the sense of isolation and separation and not being seen. She was once when I was in Alsop in Karimu, they told us to wait a certain day. And that one day I, I bought some flowers outside. And I saw thousands, mm. three of them, in death row. I didn't give any money this time, but she was really radiant. She smiled. Yes. And it was the intention that uh, maybe she never gets a flower as mm. a shelter. Mm. Yeah. Mm. As as always in in the teaching situation, 
really important is that while you're listening to what you whether what I'm saying, that a part of your attention stays with yourself. What is happening within you? To be curious about that. Because what could happen when you when you listen to me now, you feel guilty or you know or you feel inspired or that's fantastic. We are here to learn. We are here to learn about your about about our inner life. Do it now. Um, I'm thinking, for example, at my work, I have a lot of people coming into my room and wanting me to, they, they need help with lots of things. And if I have, for example, some person who is a bit more difficult for me to meet, that I think one day, now I I really make an effort to give to this person mm. a little more than what I need. Mm. That sort of um, generosity of giving out of your... Um, I'm thinking not, not giving money or not giving flowers, yeah. giving of sure. your time, of your yeah. Yeah, yeah. thoughts, or yes. that's the uh, same probably uh, even more, uh, yeah, even more, because that's really uh, that's why I added to this generosity to the to the homeless person this uh, that that is a way to connect, yeah. So. And, and sharing time, sharing presence, sharing listening, showing up, being there. Uh, I, I think probably that's the most precious uh, what we can give into this world, our presence, our attention. Yeah. Um, So, and then the fourth one, the L in the heel, is uh, link this positive with a negative experience. Yeah? So, link that positive with the pain, the unresolved, with that negative. Yeah? So, in the practice of Tonglen, what that means is you start to link compassion, love, care with the pain. Because we always start with our pain in the practice of Tonglen. Right? No, that's always the starting point in Tonglen is what you struggle with. That's the starting point. The traumatic response, the karmic response to that unresolved is judgmental, is trying to suppress, is rejecting. Yeah? So now, to the practice of Tonglen, we make a different link. We connect love and compassion with the pain. So, and then slowly, slowly, what happens? So, and, and, and we feminize our, our automatic responses which has been uh, trauma enhancing, negative karma enhancing, we, we link the same experience with something positive. Yeah? So then, whenever something triggers us, which before uh, made a spiral downwards, 
in the six realms. Yeah. <laughs> the same experience becomes a spiral upwards towards awakening, towards Buddhahood. Because there's a different league. We create different leagues. Um, so that would be, uh, so that's what happens and what can happen in the practice of Tonglen. So when we talk about healing trauma, uh, so you do the same. Uh, like in a, let's say, imagine a, 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 a ses session with, um, with a therapist, a trauma-oriented therapist. So there's many things to that. Yeah? This is just one, one puzzle. So one thing is, he, she or he will help you to reconnect with the pain, with the experience, with the emotions. But it will happen in, 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 a, in, in a field of empathic witnessing, of kindness, of care. So you start to link the positive, the feeling safe, uh, with the traumatic experience. And that is going to heal. Uh, I have this uh, guided meditation on my SoundCloud profile, which is another way to practice this. Uh, and I have done that sometimes, uh, also with you here. It's called Being with Emotional and Physical Pain. I just tell you, uh, and then if you want to do it, you can go to my SoundCloud profile. So it, this is a meditation where you connect with a positive, as a sensation in your body. Like, uh, let's say you feel quite uh, tense in your body, but if you scan your body, you will find parts of your body which feel better, where the energy is flowing. Your hands, your cheeks, your feet. Yeah. So that would be having a positive experience in the felt sense of your body. Then you enhance it. Yeah? The E, you enhance it. Meaning, you try to spread it a little. And you, you make it bigger by bringing it more into your focus. Yeah? So what you, what you bring into your focus becomes bigger. It doesn't necessarily become bigger, but because you bring it into your focus, it becomes bigger. Like if I look closer to, to uh, if I move closer to Eva, she becomes bigger. Yeah? Not really, but in my subjective experience, you become bigger. So if I turn to something positive in my life, it becomes bigger. So that's enhance. The absorb is, in, in this meditation, it's uh, uh, supported by questions like, is there color? Can you describe the sensations? Do you see a boundary? And how is the boundary? Is there a shape? So these are questions, again, they are not about like finding the good answers. They are questions who bring us closer to the experience. 
So then, link the positive with the negative. In this meditation, what, what you then do in the guidance, I will uh, ask you, and now you go to an area in your body which feels painful, sore, physical or emotional pain. So you move your, the beam of attention from that which is positive and you bring it into that, into the pain, into the, into the tension. Yeah? And you stay a little, just looking, not, not more. Yeah? And then you go back, the positive, enhance, absorb. And then you go back to the, yeah? And then, slowly, slowly, and you, you start to feel how that positive energy, the positive experience, starts to integrate into the negative. Something changes there. It's, it's difficult to describe uh, what happens. You have to try it. Yeah? And then when you step back and you look at both at the same time, you, 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 because uh, they kind of they start to mix. Yeah? So you, you link uh, a negative experience with a positive experience. And they, they start to, the positive starts to penetrate the shield of protection, the, the shield of resistance, and it starts to soften. Yeah. But isn't this also visible for the science in the brain? This new pathways and Absolutely. neurons, yeah. how that, I, I don't know, but yes. it seems like the same thing. Yeah, you need to you read the book. Ah. Uh, uh, from from Rick Hansen. Uh, he, yeah, he but I never got an explanation uh, how to create it. Yeah, yes. So the, yeah, so, so that that yeah. would be the the method, and mm -hmm. then it can be described exactly what happens in your nervous system mm -hmm. while you do it. Yeah. Because when you describe this, it sounds so natural. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm actually doing this kind of sort of word by word <laughs> right now mm. uh, with my therapist mm. uh, in this sense. But as for a reflection on, on what you said about the heel and, and uh, uh, moving to, well, well, uh, I, I did have a kind of existential uh, uh, fear mm. in my life. I was dying so I you that. were literally dying yeah oh. in the sense that I yeah. had cancer oh okay yeah so I did feel mm. very very lonely mm. but there was something asking me inside that there must be someone else some somewhere where I can not feel this or push away this this uh, mm. uh, narrow mind mm. and uh, I did search and found this uh, group that mm. was sharing yeah and that so other like, people with cancer yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm. and uh, obviously that reduced my fear yeah. even though 
and just care what 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 what's there, but mm. just mm. cultivating those experiences yes. made it less fearful. Yeah, it's it's so, it's so simple and so amazing and so scary <laughs> to yeah. to to actually then yeah. go into this group yeah. because it was not logical to see someone else having their pain. Yeah, uh, and uh, as well to. Uh -huh. Because we're afraid of yeah. he or she. Yeah, yeah. Because I could feel it. Yeah. Yeah. But then. Yeah. Then it dissolves. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it, that makes sense to, uh, to, uh, to be af afraid to listen to the pain of other people who have the same problem. Ah, oh, this will make me worse. Yeah. And then to discover to the opposite. Strange. We are strange creatures. <laughs> we are really social beings. 